Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. We're in week two of a series that we started last weekend. We'll wrap this up next weekend. We're just calling it Hearing God. How many want to hear God? I posed this question last weekend when we, when we started. Can a natural person like you and me really hear a supernatural God? Can we? And I said this, um, not only is it possible, but I believe it's essential. Because we have to navigate this life and this world and this season of life and the season of the world that we're in. And I believe that um, hearing God's voice will allow us to navigate accurately, successfully, and here's what I mean by that. Um, well, just, just like I shared, um, it, we need to hear God to navigate relationships. Uh, we need to hear God to navigate through financial choices. We need to hear God to navigate through uh, to p- be good parents, to be good husbands, wives, uh, wives, wives. <laughs> um, we need to navigate uh, just, just the decisions of, of life. The big ones, the small ones, our careers, what school we go to, just all of those things. Because God has a perfect will for your life in all of those areas. And he's not hiding it from you. He wants to reveal his will to you. And so we, we started this series last weekend about hearing God. And, and um, let me go to our text that we used last weekend. This is John chapter 10. And this is Jesus talking. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but they climb in some other way, they are a thief and they are a robber. The one who enters by the gate, he's the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep, what's it say? They listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by their name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his, what, voice. They don't follow a stranger. In fact, they run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. This is an interesting passage of Scripture. If you read a few more verses It gets to a famous verse where it says, he came to give us life and life more abundantly, and the enemy came to be a thief, to kill, steal, and destroy. It ends that that section of scripture there. So we we know that listening to the voice of God uh, brings us into a place where we experience the life of God. But there's an enemy that has a voice too that wants to rob from us, take from us, steal from us. But so this this particular verse, let me explain it. It says there's a sheep pen, and so... Uh, you know, the scripture here is, is very agricultural in its context. And so shepherds would bring their flocks in at night into a, a sheep pen that usually had big walls and wire or brush on top that would protect these flocks of sheep. And so there'd be different flocks. They would put them together. An under shepherd would be in that sheep pen and he would be guarding those sheep. And there was a gate in and out of that sheep pen. And basically the scripture says uh, a shepherd of those sheep would only enter through the, through the sheep gate. 
anything or anyone else that would try to come in and get to those sheep would have to come in through uh, a, a destructive way, a forced way, a breaking and an entering way. And the, the shepherd would walk in and he would just call his sheep and different sheep, different flocks would know the voice of their shepherd, which is amazing. And the scripture says that that shepherd would lead his flock out and lead them to green pastures and, and, and nurture and take care of and lead and guide those sheep. You say, well, what's the big deal about sheep? Well, in scripture, Jesus referred to you and me frequently as what? Sheep. And I've, I've taught on this before, but I, I've studied a lot about sheep. Just why, why would Jesus talk, call us sheep? Well, a couple of things that are interesting about sheep is they have terrible vision. Their eyes are on the side of their head, so their depth perception is not very good. They see well this way, but not this way. And so how many times, how many know there's just sometimes our vision's not the best. We don't see ahead real well. Um, another thing about sheep that I think is interesting, they're known to be very stubborn animals. You and I can be pretty stubborn at times, can't we? Um, they're easily spooked. There are stories of sheep because of their vision and, and the spook. large herds will just go right over a cliff to their destruction because they just follow the flock. And, and so Jesus gives some language here for us to pay attention to that he's our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. And it doesn't say we don't know his name. It actually says we do know his name. And he, he calls to us and we follow him. But, it ought, you know, there, there are any other voice that's deceptive or destructive or comes a different way is not the voice of God. So God wants to lead us to good places. He wants to do good things in our life. How many believe that? So that's why we're doing this series, just to know how do we hear the voice of God. And last weekend, we said it starts right here, recognizing his voice. A lot of times we don't recognize his voice because um, we're not familiar with, with his voice. Uh, sometimes we're too distracted and sometimes we're just not good listeners. We don't pay good attention. How many guys, your wife has ever had that conversation with you? But sometimes we're not the best. So, so we don't always recognize his voice. But we learned this, that we'll begin to recognize his voice because we know how he comes to us. We know what he shares with us. And we know that it creates things like faith and peace and courage in us. And so if you weren't here last weekend, I would encourage you to go back and just reconnect with that. So we recognize his voice. That, that's sort of step one or phase one. So let's talk about the next thing this morning and the next phase. Not only do we have to recognize his voice, but, but listen, we have to discern his dialogue. We have to recognize his voice, but we also have to begin to discern his dialogue. And when I came up with that title, I thought, I need to explain that. So the word discern is a word we don't use a lot, but really the word discern is, means this, that you're able to recognize something as truth. The word dialogue means you exchange opinions. So if we're going to learn to hear the voice of God, what we have to do is we need to recognize that his opinion is truth and exchange our opinions for his. Did you all get that? It's recognizing that his opinion is truth and we exchange our opinion for his or we take on his opinion as absolute stand, the absolute standard of truth in our lives. So if we're going to hear God, we're going to begin, we got to recognize his voice, then we're going to discern his dialogue. How many know there are a lot of voices out there? 
There are a lot of voices online. There are a lot of voices that come through that box, uh, that flat screen on your wall. There are a lot of voices that come from uh, people in your circle. There are a lot of voices that come a lot of ways. We've got to discern the voice of God. We just learned that he speaks to his sheep. I'm looking at a room full of sheep. Let me hear you. Yeah, we're looking at a room full of sheep. If you're one of his sheep, scripture's very clear, you know his voice. And it's important. It will help you navigate those decisions successfully. You'll make good financial decisions. You'll make good relational decisions. You'll make good career decisions. You'll, you'll, you'll make good decisions. You know, there, there's a couple things you have to do every day. One is you have to breathe. You don't believe me? Try it sometimes. See what happens. You have to breathe and you have to make decisions. You say, well, I'm not making any decisions. Well, you just made a decision not to make a decision. So you have to make, those are a couple of things we have to do every day. And, and I, I'm a firm believer that God's involved in that. Can you make, let me ask this, can, can you make the right decision all the time? You absolutely can. It's not likely that you will. But it's completely possible that you, that you can. Why? Because the word of God. Why? Because the voice of God. You, you, can make, you can make the right choice every time. Now, it's not likely we're human. We miss it. That's why we need God's grace. Amen. That's why we need, 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 need God's goodness. But we can. So let, let, me, let me read you a scripture. Y'all ready to go? It's about, it's about to get good up in here. So elbow somebody and say, yeah, I need some of that amens and all that this morning. Here we go. Look, look at this. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers that they are, they're just foolish and they can't understand them because they are not what? They're only discerned through the spirit. Think about that scripture. A person void of the Spirit cannot discern the things of God. Because you don't, a person that's not a believer does not have the voice of the Spirit of God in them. Their spirit's not alive. But those of you who are his sheep, the Spirit has been awakened in you. And according to that scripture, you can discern truth. In a world void of truth, in a world of grays instead of blacks and whites, guess what? You can still discern because of the Spirit of God that is in you. Woo! Now, let me answer a really good question. I'm going to stick a, a, a screen up here. You can take a picture of it if you want to. How does God speak to us? How does God speak to us? First of all, God always speaks through the what? Through his word. He speaks to you and to me through the word of God. If it's in the word of God, that's the will of God. It's his ways that should resolve it for you and I. Thank you for your enthusiasm. God always speaks through the word of God. There's always a solution in the word of God. There's always an The word of God is his will. He wants you to get into the word because when you get into the word, the word gets into you. You're exposed to truth and you get full of truth. If you follow, if you're a person of the word, you know, when, when, when Pastor Diane and I first moved here and, and uh, people were saying, no, that's a word church. Watch out. 
Mike, what kind of church you want us to be? I think a word church is a good church. I mean, what else are you basing it on? The word of God is so important. But we, we are living in a generation where most churches are illiterate with the truth. They have watered down the truth to be relevant. And it's a mess. Now, I believe we need to be as relevant as we can, but don't do not. I mean, we can change the methods, but do not change the message because the message works. It worked back then. It's still working. It's going to work tomorrow. The message, the Bible said, will not come back void and everything else will pass away, but the word of God will remain. It's proven. It's the, it's the mindset of God. Matter of fact, I have had people tell me things over the years. And they have said this, well, God told me to do that. And I've looked at him and said, well, the scripture says the opposite. So God did not and could not tell you that. Could not. And every time they said, well, this is what I feel in my spirit. Well, you are not hearing the word of God. And every time that I've warned them, they went out and made a decision because they felt something and it was completely destructive. It will always line up with the word of God. Did y'all get that? So look at someone and say, I'm a word person. All right, let's keep moving here. How else will he speak to you? He will speak to your spirit. Um, when you are a sheep, a follower of Jesus, you have the spirit of God. Your spirit came alive. You were born again. And so you have, your spirit's made alive. Now listen to me. When God talks to you, he talks to your spirit. This is where we struggle sometimes. He doesn't talk brain to brain. He talks spirit to spirit. He doesn't just talk his mouth to our ear. He talks to our spirit. Some of you have heard it explained this way, just a still, small voice. Um, some of you have heard it this way, just an unction down here in your spirit, man. You just have a knowing. How many have ever experienced that? You know, when Pastor Diane and I were, uh, we worked in Ohio at a church, we're on staff, and God just started talking to us in here. Because what he was saying didn't make sense up here. So you have the inside scoop. You, you have direct communication with heaven. It's going super, to supersede your little brain cells. That's why God said, I'm not talking to your brain, I'm talking to your spirit. And listen, it doesn't always have to be crazy. Sometimes it may be a little out of the norm, but you got an unction in your spirit. But sometimes it's just good common sense, which is missing in our culture. I feel smarter every day, I'm telling you. <laughs> but come on, God's just on the inside. You ever just watch something like that is foolish? But they don't know it's foolish. Why? They don't have the spirit of God. They're going to act foolish. They're acting like the world. You just, you act like a believer. That's all you got to do. Act like you believe. Act like you've been transformed. So he'll speak to your spirit. And, I, and how about this one? Um, he'll speak to you through others. Now, I have to interject in here. I'm not talking about just any others. 
I'm talking about there has to be some people that God will, will speak to you. I'm talking about um, people that are full of God. God will use other people to speak to you. Um, I say this very humbly, but he, I know he uses me every Sunday morning. And you, you can ask me, why, that's why I spend most of my time in my office studying. Because I think I told the staff this this week. If, if, I, if it's my opinion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it in this context. I'm going to say something like this. This is just my opinion. And you need to take that when you hear that as, well, this could be really good or this could be really skewed. <laughs> but when I say this is what Scripture says, this is what God said, that's a different thing. That's, that's undebatable right there. Um. I don't ever want to get up here on a Sunday and give you my opinion. I want to get up here and give you God's perspective. And, and then you and I adjust and align ourselves under the opinion of the Word of God. But then there are others in our life. We need some good, just godly people that been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. They can just speak into our lives. Um, you need to be able to look around and say, they got something I want. If you can look and say, God's on their finances, that, you need to let them speak into your life. Um, if they're on their sixth marriage and this one's falling apart, not who you need to have speaking to your relationship. <laughs> well, they're my best friend. Well, they might be a mess. But they, we've been friends since like 96 may not be the person you need to speak into your life because God's not talking through them. If you're married and someone's like, you just need to divorce that punk, that's not the voice God's going to use to speak to you. He's going to use someone that's going to say to you, you know what, you need to get restoration. You guys need to get on the same page. You guys need to repent. You need, to get, you, you need the right voices at the right time. You need the voice of, from the shepherd, not other voices. Okay. Appreciate the enthusiasm. That was my wife. Um, <laughs> so that's how God speaks. Have you ever wondered? He speaks through his word. He speaks spirit to spirit. And you know, you'll know it. And he'll, he'll speak through others. He'll speak through others. Can I give you another good scripture? Look at this. This is John chapter 16. It's actually three, uh, three verses. But when he... And this is Jesus telling his team that he's about to leave. And he said, but when he, the spirit of what? Truth comes. Look what it says. He's going to guide you into all what? Truth. He's not going to speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit of truth will receive from me what he will make known to you. What that means is the Holy Spirit searches the things of God and reveals them to us. And Jesus called him the Spirit of truth. And Jesus said when he comes, Jesus said it's better that I go. And when he comes, that's the Spirit that lives in your spirit. When he comes, the Bible says this, he will guide you into all truths. That's how it's written. 
He will guide you into all realities. He will guide you into all truths. Now, just let me say this really plain. Right now, the moment in history that we are in, they are trying to suppress and cancel truth. It's, it's, it's the enemy. We know that. He's trying to suppress truth. And here's what happens. When truth is suppressed enough, and if truth would get canceled, over time, it becomes harder and harder and harder to discern what is really accurate. And that's sort of the moment of time that we're living in. And I want to encourage you, what you and I need to be able to do in our lives, for our personal lives, as a church, as the people of God, and just navigating life right now, is we have to discern the dialogue of God. What's the dialogue of God? Truth. It's truth. He wants to reveal truth. Discerning means I recognize his truth, and I take his truth as my own opinion. Y'all got that? You want me to make some life points? Because if, if we don't allow that to happen... If we don't allow that to happen, here's what happens. If you lack discernment, if you lack the ability to discern his, his dialogue, it's going to keep you from agreeing with God. It will keep you from agreeing with God. Can I help you for a moment? Um, the devil's number one tool, his number one weapon, you ready for it? Deception. That's his number one tool. His biggest weapon. His greatest um, strategy is deception. We've got to discern so we're not deceived. We have to discern. We got to know truth. We got to discern it. And you can because you know the voice of God. You got the spirit of God living in you. That's why when you see foolishness, you're like, man, that just grieves me. That's crazy. Used to be crazy, it was a little harder to find. It was hidden. Now it's like neon lights and in your face. But if we lack discernment, we cannot get into agreement with God. And what happens when you get deceived is you start doubting. And when you start doubting, you start losing truth. This happened all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. Eve was deceived, and she started doubting. What did the enemy say? Did God really? Was that really what God meant? This is what God, and she started to be deceived, and when she was deceived, she got into doubt, made some bad decisions that affected humanity. That's what the enemy wants to do to you and me, is to get us to deceive us, get us into doubt, and when we get into doubt, we, we don't understand truth. And we can't stay in agreement with God. I want to give you something to start practicing. Actually, I spoke, um, I spoke at our, our LPC youth night a couple weeks ago, and I said this to them. And it went over really well with them. So I'm anticipating that's going to go over really well with you. Seriously, you, you need to receive this challenge. You need to start practicing every day, every morning, every evening, getting into agreement with God. Bible says if two or three touch and they are in agreement, God's there. We need to get into agreement with God. 
about things, about our lives, about our relationships, just getting into agreement with God. You know what that means? I'm going to adjust and align my perspective with God's POV or God's point of view. Because I'm going to say something really bold. You really can't know truth apart from God. You really, really can't know truth. God is the standard. God is true. Jesus actually said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And he's the standard. If you know him, you know truth. If you know him, you know truth. I wrote this down. You ready for this? Um, There are actually only two answers. God's and everyone else's. You need to practice getting into agreement with God. You say, how do I do that? Well, you need to open your Bible and find yourself a scripture. Let's practice, okay? Um, The Bible says this about you in the book of Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, not to harm you, and give you a hope to your final outcome. You need to read that and say, I agree right there with God. I have a future. I have a hope to the very outcome. You might need to open the Bible and it says this, that healing is his kid's bread. And you need to read that and be like, well, but I got this pain. No, you need to read it and say, I agree with God. And he says that you are an overcomer. You are triumphant in every situation. You need to read it and don't be like, don't filter it based on an experience. Don't filter it based on the news report. Don't, don't filter it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Don't, don't shout, yeah. Don't filter it. If it's marital, don't filter it on where you're at right now. Don't, don't filter your, your situation by circumstance. Filter it by the promise of God and say, I agree. I agree with God. You know what our problem is? I'm sorry to say this. We got big butts. <laughs> Stick with me. We, we, I know what the Bible says, but. I, I know you said I'm healed, but. I know you said I'm blessed, but. I, I know you said you're the God of miracles, but. But God, you don't know my situation. But God, you know, we got a big butt problem. Get rid of that. Come on, say, I agree with God. I agree. That's what we need to practice. I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. You don't have to feel it to agree with it. You don't have to see all of it to agree with it Yeah, You just say, God said, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. And I'm a firm believer that everything else will start to align itself under the agreement you have with God. It may not change overnight, but it will change. It may not alter by morning, but it will alter because it's the word of God that cuts through bone and marrow and all of that. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says that a two-edged sword is it came out of the mouth of God, then you got it up in your mouth, and you said what God said. It's one thing for God to say it, but when you get in agreement and say it, it, it's active. What do you mean active? Active in your situation. My kids... They're crazy. No, you need to say what God said about them. God, you gave me these kids. There's a destiny on their life. You keep getting to, into agreement with God. And watch what God does. I, I love this scripture. This isn't on the screen, but um, Romans. Um, see if you can finish this. Um, we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We like to quote that. But you know what that scripture means? The word know is actually the word for intercourse. It means to know intimately. And it says when you know 
him, when you know the word, in, when you know the truth, he's the truth, when you know it, it'll set you free. The word free means it'll liberate you from something and liberate you into something. That means it will liberate you from deception and doubt, and it will liberate you into everything God said about you. You got to get into agreement. You, you have been getting into agreement with your problem. And you have been getting into agreement with your condition. And you have been getting into agreement with the news. And you have been getting into agreement with predictions. And you have been getting into agreement with conspiracy theories. You need to get into agreement with what Jesus said. And if you can't get into agreement with it, then you walk in freedom. As long as you're in agreement, you're free. Otherwise, you are not free. The Bible said, whom the Son sets free, they are free indeed. And you can quote it. And not be in it. Unless you know the truth. If you know the truth and walk in it, you're free. You're liberated from, I'm preaching better than your amen. Would everybody please smile? Just look at me and smile. Will you just laugh for a second? <laughs> you're free people. You are free people because you know the truth. You know the truth. You're, you just need to keep practicing and being in agreement with God. Keep practicing. I, I got to keep moving. Isn't this good? Um, so life point one is if you lack, dis if you lack discernment, you will, you, it keeps you from agreeing with God. Life point two, listen to this. Um, lacking discernment makes truth debatable. If you lack discernment, it will make truth debatable. You can argue or you can agree with God. But what happens when we start to be deceived and we doubt? Now we start to reject truth. We start rejecting truth because we make it debatable in our lives. And we start to reject it. I think I just said this, but I was ranting there for a moment. I don't know what else I said, but... Um, how you feel doesn't determine if something's true or not. We live in a feel-good society. Um, we don't have to feel it to know it. You know it, then you feel it. Feelings follow what you know, what you believe. And so I, I want to talk about something. I'll get to the last point. Um, this wasn't in my notes until this morning. I was just working through the message in my heart and in my mind and God dropped this phrase in my heart. He said, atmosphere of truth. Atmosphere of truth. Atmosphere of truth. Now, what are we talking about this morning? Discerning his dialogue. Atmosphere of truth. I'm like, God, what, 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 is, what does that mean? And so I'll put this down. We, we need to do all we can to be in create, provide, saturate ourselves in an atmosphere of truth, and we'll stay free. We'll know truth. We'll discern his dialogue. We'll be liberated from some things. We'll be liberated into some things. We, we can't always control every atmosphere, but the atmospheres we can control, there's a responsibility on our part to have an atmosphere of truth. So I'm like, all right, I'm writing stuff down. I'm like, what, what, is that? what does that mean, atmosphere of truth? 
atmosphere is just the aura in the room. It's the, you, you can control the atmosphere of truth in your heart. Even if things attack it. You, you know, the, the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. A thermometer just tells you what temperature it is. But a thermostat sets the temperature. We need to really be intentional about setting the temperature of our heart. An atmosphere. Keep yourself surrounded in an atmosphere of truth. That means the word of God, hearing the right messages. Just Because the moment we stop doing that, our heart gets full of some other stuff. So our hearts, our heart, that's a place, that's an atmosphere. Our heart is the garden of our life. What's being produced? Well, what, what, are, we, what are the seeds that are being planted? What are we, what's the ground we're working in our hearts? An atmosphere of truth. Because whatever's getting planted in here will grow. Can't, then, then God built on that. He said, not only an atmosphere of truth in your heart, he said an atmosphere of truth in your homes. And then he said this, an atmosphere of truth in his house. And I'm like, oh, our heart, our homes, in his house. Because it bothers me sometimes. Y'all know there's no perfect church. You know why? Because you're in it. And I'm in it, right? But we want to be a church that's God-honoring and full of God. And, but there, there are a lot of churches right now compromising some things just to be relevant. I'm going to tell you what's relevant is truth. But, but the relevancy has every way that we portray it, that we bring it, because you can beat people up with truth and it doesn't work. But if there's an atmosphere of truth in here every Sunday, then you will walk out of here on, on a next level of freedom in your life, getting into agreement with God. Because, you know, if we don't do this thing um, based on an atmosphere of truth, we have to do it other ways. Churches fall under this. Um, we have to manipulate you otherwise. And there are churches that will manipulate you with doctrine. The truth is there's a standard. The truth is we miss it. So the truth is there's grace. But a lot of churches will just beat you up and beat you up. And there's wrong doctrine. And so you're not free. You're bound by religion. In a lot of churches, some churches do it to control. To control. And what God wants to do is set you free. And so you'll be manipulated. You'll be controlled. That's why they always preach that you're going to hell. Always preach no grace on it. And so it has to be control. Um, or manipulation. Or intimidating. And it gets cultish. Are y'all hearing me? That wasn't in my notes until this morning. And then there are just some, there are some places we need to avoid when truth's not there. If truth's absent, you need to avoid it as much as you can. I get it. You go to work, sometimes maybe you can't control that. But there are some places, stay out of them. There's no truth there. Stay out of that atmosphere. Stay out of the club. I'm going, mm, 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 mm. there's no truth there. It's all deception. That's why it's going, mm, mm, lights going, mm, mm. I'm being funny, but y'all hear my heart. Y'all hear me. Because what happens is if you get saturated in that stuff, you will start making decisions you don't even know why you made. 
because truth is being absent from your life. That's the voice of the enemy. Don't make that truth debatable. That was all, that was all this morning. Someone getting something this morning? I'm trying to teach you how you hear God. God's not going to give you, God's not going to like just um, back your opinion. Well, that sounds like a good opinion. I'm behind it. No, he's only going to back your opinion if it's from the word of God. I, I got to land this plane. Okay. So if you lack discernment, it keeps you from agreeing with God. If you lack discernment, it makes truth debatable. Here's the last one. If you lack discernment, it elevates your opinion above God's. Because uh, once you debate with truth and reject it, now you start to replace truth. Um, because um, in our world, we've done something. We have made truth relative and not absolute. Which means truth for culture, it changes whoever we're around and whatever we want instead of there. There has to be an absolute that exists outside of you and I. That's absolute truth. We cannot have relative truth. You can't just identify however you want to. There has to be a standard by which we identify. And that's not, that is not to be hateful toward anybody struggling with anything. That is just saying there is a standard of truth that we all have to discern life by. And I said this, just because you don't feel something doesn't mean it's not true. I also wanted to say this, that just because you disagree with something doesn't mean that it's not true. You, you could disagree with a scripture that God has in his word and say, well, this is my opinion. That means someone's right and someone's wrong. Um, and it's not God. That's why he's God and you are not God. That's why he is absolute truth and you are not. That's why he is a good, good God and, and you are not. We've got to discern this truth stuff. When God talks, he's going to talk about truth. And let me say this. No matter what people say in the here and now, truth still matters. Why, why does truth matter? Why does truth matter? i got a closing screen for you. Here's why truth matters. Here's what truth does. Now, first of all, remember how God talks. He will always talk through his word. He will always talk spirit to spirit, and he'll talk through others to you. With that in context, here's, what, here's why truth is so important. Because truth will inspect us. It will inspect us. It will inspect us. Truth will always assess our condition. Truth will always expose our attitudes, our errors. But it inspects us. And anything in us that's a gray area or it's not in alignment with truth, God's going to inspect it. I don't know about you. I've been walking with Jesus for a while, but I still have some attitudes that need inspection. I still have some things that need inspection. I, actually, I, need a lot, I have a lot of things that need inspection. And maybe you're a lot more spiritual than I am, and you only got a couple, but just when I think I'm getting there, God inspects something and he's like, huh, let's fix that. Aren't you glad that truth inspects us? Because what it does, if he inspects us, 
he doesn't condemn you. He just wants you to eliminate it from your life so you can live in another level of freedom. You, you know, if you have been thinking wrong in an area, God wants to inspect that because you can't think wrong and choose right. So he needs to correct some of your stinking thinking so you can choose right, live better, live on another level. Y'all didn't like that, but it's truth. So it inspects us. Here's another thing that truth does. It always directs us. It inspects us. It directs us, which means we read this all the way back in the original scripture when we started this message today, that his sheep know his voice and he leads them. God's always going to guide you. And here's the cool thing about God. He always takes you, according to scripture, from glory to glory to glory to glory. God's not going to come to you and say, hey, we're moving into a new season in your life. We're going backwards. He's not going to come and say, I'm about, I'm about to put you in reverse. God's always going to do what? Let's go higher. Every new altitude requires some new attitude. But the Bible says this. I think we preached on this before. He takes us from glory to glory to glory. Not from mess to glory. He wants to glorify the level you're on, inspect and direct you so he can take you to the next one. If you haven't gone to the next one yet, because either he's not done yet or you are not cooperating yet. If you would get into agreement and cooperation, and psh, you go to the next level. Get into agreement, psh, go to the next level. Maybe the reason you haven't got to the next level because you've been believing Simon. And he can't get you to the next level of glory until he can inspect and start to direct your belief in who he says you are. He's been saying over you that you can with my strength. And you are above, and you are not beneath, and you're over here saying, I'm a worm. I'm depressed. I'm not this. And God's been saying, well, you're believing the wrong stuff. So I, I need you to, we need to inspect your belief system so you can say, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And you, whoosh, next level. Next level. Whoosh, next level. So he's always going to inspect us, direct us. Here's the last one. Everyone say, Ouch. He's going to correct us. Maybe you are all that and you've arrived and you don't need any correction. But the other 99.9% of us, listen to this. Correction is a good thing. We have come to believe that it's not. But every time God can bring correction, he can correct your course. What can he do? If you will come under correction, he might restore your marriage. If you'll come under correction, he might bless your wallet. If you can come under correction, are you with me? Look at someone and say, correction. No, do it. Look at somebody. Look them in, not me. Look at somebody and say, correction. This is a good time to look at your teenagers. Correction is a God thing. Now, let me help you. I know I'm going a little long, but I feel like I got to preach on me here. So, um, 